taking on like uh, I guess a new role and um, you know coach challenged me a little bit to speak up more and you know just trying to take on that challenge and you know embrace it like that's what I've been doing embracing it coming out of my shell a little bit showing my personality to you know to uh, my teammates and um, you know like I said just enjoying the journey you know it was just something that you know me, me and uh, Chauncey talked about obviously you know he talked to you guys about it, about me being me a vocal leader and you know that's why I kind of vision myself to kind of push myself into reaching my potential and so um, that's all I've been trying to do is uh, push myself when it comes to on the court and, you know, being a vocal leader and uh, just, you know, saying things that I would normally wouldn't say and I would just be thinking about. So, you know, it's been it's been fun the last couple of days just trying to exercise, you know, when to, when to speak up, when to let the coaches do their thing and coaching. So, um, like I said, it's been it's been fun. Greetings, Wizard fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 57 of The Briefcase. I'm your host, Casey Holdall. And that was Trailblazers guard Anthony Simons discussing leadership, stepping out of his comfort zone to become more of a leader, being more of a vocal leader, which is one of the things that Chauncey Billups has tasked Anthony Simons and actually a number of other players with as we go into this training camp with a new look Trailblazer roster, a young roster, one of, if not the youngest, Rogers in the NBA. Obviously, when you have a personality and a leader like Damian Lillard leave your team, that leaves a void in that regard. And it's incumbent upon a number of players, Anthony included, to fill that void. And so far through training camp, we have absolutely seen that. Even though there's a lot of new players, there's a lot of young players, guys are stepping up into that role. Guys like Ant Simons being more vocal. Guys like Malcolm Brogdon, who just arrived on the team, bringing that veteran leadership and gravitas. A guy like Jeremy Grant, who everyone loves, everyone respects, is categorically one of the favorite guys in the locker room, has a lot of respect, both on and off the court. Guys like Robert Williams III, who we're going to talk to later on in the show. Guys like DeAndre Ayton, who have finals experience. Up and down the roster, Chauncey Billups has asked players to really step into that role and help guide this new look team as they pivot from a team led by Damian Lillard to a team led by many players on the team. And not that that didn't happen before. There were plenty of leaders in the locker room when Dame was here as well, but he was always the guy that people looked to. Now that that guy is gone, it has to be somebody else. And that's been a big theme at training camp so far. We'll talk about training camp, which continues here in Santa Barbara. We'll discuss some Trailblazers news, some WNBA rumors, and hear from Rob Williams III on this edition of The Briefcase. As I mentioned, training camp continues here in Santa Barbara as the Trailblazers prepare themselves for the 2023-24 season. Should be an interesting one. Obviously, a lot of new faces, a different approach to the way they're going to try to play this year, which every team says at the beginning of the season. So we'll have to wait and see if it actually comes to fruition. But with so much turnover... With there being so many new players, so many new coaches as well, too, for that matter, you know, I really do think that there's a possibility that we are going to see a different brand of Trailblazers basketball this season. So here are just some of my general takes from the first couple days of training camp. First off, as always, this is every single training camp talking about the desire to play faster this season. I think there actually is some merit to that in Portland this year. I think we are going to see a team play faster. When you had Damian Lillard, you had a guy, one of the elite players in the pick and roll. So obviously you're going to run that quite a bit. And that does tend to slow your team down a bit. I'm imagining with Ant and with Scoot and with Malcolm Brogdon, probably running a bit less pick and roll going into this season. I guess we'll have to see, obviously, when you have DeAndre Ayton and Rob Williams. In some respects, you probably would like to play a little more pick and roll or at least some pick and roll. But I would imagine they are going to play faster Definitely an emphasis on getting the ball off the floor. Definitely an emphasis on getting back quickly on the defensive end. So I think we are going to see some of that. Preseasons is a good chance to get a sense of just how much that is actually going to work. And again, 
everyone talks about playing faster at this time of the year in the NBA. There's 30 NBA teams. I bet all 30 of those teams have talked about playing faster at some point in time, going into their training camp or during their training camp. But I think Portland is a team, probably more so than others, that would benefit from that. I think we've seen throughout the years, the Blazers, not a whole lot of easy buckets for the Portland Trailblazers throughout the years, not in the fast break, not in the secondary break. And so I think probably going to see more free-flowing offense or at least more variability in the offense than we've seen in recent seasons. Again, that makes a lot of sense when you don't have Damian Lillard on your team anymore, a guy who is one of the best offensive players in the NBA. You're obviously going to play whatever style of play makes the most sense for Damian Lillard if he's on your team. But now that he's not, they have an opportunity to change up a little bit there. I imagine they will. Now, Ant does a lot of the things that Dame did. Obviously, a guy who was, in some respects, Dame's apprentice for all those seasons. So he has some of those same capabilities, but a bit of a different player in that regard. So again, and it's the NBA. Everyone runs pick and roll. You're still going to see it. It's not like it's going to be gone. But if you want to play faster, generally, you don't run as much pick and roll. So I imagine that we probably won't see that same level this season in Portland. Every year for the Trailblazers, defense is obviously a topic of discussion. The team needing to improve defensively. Chauncey Billups was brought in to improve the team defensively. They still have quite a few strides to make on that side of the ball. And so they spent quite a bit of time at training camp discussing those things. Matisse Thibel in his post-practice comments today singled out both Scoot Henderson and Tamari Kamara as guys who had played well defensively, made plays on the defensive end. And I think as they try to put this team together, want to have more of a defensive mentality on this team, you bring in Aiden, you bring in Williams, you bring in a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. I think Scoot's capabilities as a defender are just being scratched right now. And I think that's something that you would expect he's going to turn himself into a top flight defensive player as he matures, as he learns the NBA. Obviously, Matisse Thibel, an all-NBA defensive team kind of guy as well. Jeremy Grant, long, lanky, I think a bit of an underrated defender. And I think Shaden, while he's still got a ways to go, I think he has the capabilities. He has the skills. I've seen him put things together at times throughout practices and then games to where you can see the bones of being a very good defensive player. Still a ways to go to get there, but... Obviously, every single year, defense for every team is something they talk about in training camp. Every team wants to improve defensively. The Blazers need to improve defensively more than most. And again, now that they have a different team, different players, they're not guys who have necessarily played seasons in Portland, are kind of set in their ways in terms of the way they play defensively. New team, hopefully a new defensive approach. They've talked about it a bit at training camp. They've worked on it a bit at training camp. Getting to see a glimpse of that at Fans Fest later on this week, and then definitely get a look at that when they play their preseason games starting next week. As I mentioned in the open, one of the things that's also been a theme at Portland Training Camp is leadership and being more vocal in your leadership, being more accommodating in your leadership, and just extending yourself out a little bit, being willing to share yourself with your teammates, share your knowledge, and being willing to help correct things so it's not always on the coaching staff to have to go in and have that heavy hand. And I think we're seeing that a lot in training camp, at least through the first couple of days. As I mentioned, Ant being much more vocal, pointing guys different directions on the court, really kind of taking on that leadership role. I think Scoot is a guy who's a charismatic guy. I think people look to him regardless. He's still learning the game as well, but having that experience in the G League, leading pros in the G League before, I think gives Scoot a leg up on your typical rookie in terms of that leadership and having that ability, knowing how to talk to veterans, knowing how to get a point across in a way that they're going to accept, even when you're 19 years old and they might be considerably older than you. I think Scoot is a guy who, 
he's just a natural leader. There's some guys who are just like that. They just exude that ability to get people to line up behind them and take them forward. So I really think we're going to see that out of Scoot this year. A guy like Malcolm Brogdon as well, as I mentioned, veteran guy. He's been in the league now, a couple years older than most guys on the team, has had success, has won awards, rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, played important roles on teams in the postseason. And he's a guy who I know that Chauncey has already talked to about coming in, being willing to be a leader, put yourself out there, even though you just arrived in town, even though you don't know any of these guys real well just yet, taking on that role because of where you've been in your career. There was a moment in training camp where they were in between drills Energy had kind of fallen a little bit. Malcolm got everyone together and was like, hey guys, come on, let's pump this thing back up. So even those small things really go a long way in just kind of setting the table for what the expectation is going to be in terms of leadership when you're talking about things like effort and execution and not making mistakes and knowing the plays and bringing a certain level of enthusiasm and professionalism. You know, those are the kind of things that a Malcolm Brogdon gives you. Then you got guys in the paint, guys like DeAndre Ayton, guys like Rob Williams, kind of more gregarious personalities. You're much more willing to take coaching, take criticism from people who are willing to be a little more loose with things sometimes and have a good time. So I think you got leaders like that in DeAndre and Rob. Obviously, I think a guy in Matisse, a very cerebral player, a cerebral guy, very well-respected, someone who has an intelligence about the game, particularly on the defensive end that I think really makes him someone that other guys look to when they need advice, when they need to be pointed out, where am I supposed to be on the court? Matisse is a guy who knows all those positions, knows exactly where everyone's supposed to be, including himself, and can help other guys get there as well. Basically, it's a leadership by committee for this team. I think you're going to see guys like Ant and Scoot and Malcolm are going to probably take on a lot of that. But I think we're going to see throughout this season that it's going to come from a lot of different places. It's going to look different than it has the past couple seasons. And Chauncey Billups has talked, you know, throughout the years that so many young players, like it can't just be my voice. It has to be a lot of different voices. And so far through training camp, you're hearing those voices in the gym. Last thing I wanted to mention about training camp before moving on is the comments from both Malcolm Brogdon and Rob Williams about their interest in being in Portland. When the trade was made, sending Drew Holiday to Boston in exchange for Brogdon, Williams, and a couple first-round picks, the assumption is that one or both of those players might end up being rerouted in order to get more picks or younger players. That doesn't really seem like that's the plan as of right now. Granted, things can change, but Malcolm Brogdon was very upfront saying that he wants to be in Portland. He really likes Chauncey Billups. He appreciates what Chauncey's trying to build. They have an existing relationship. And he even addressed the idea that I know there's a lot of rumors or assumptions that they'll want to trade me or I want to be traded. That is not the case. They've told me they want me here. I want to be here. So as of right now, we have no reason to believe anything otherwise. Things can obviously change, but they came out really strong in talking about, no, this isn't just a arbitrage move to have someone and then move them later on. Again, it's the NBA, things change, but all the indications are is that they want Malcolm Brogdon on this team to provide veteran experience. Chauncey has talked over and over and over again about the center tandem and having one of the best center tandems in the league now, one of the most athletic center tandems in the league now, which is not really something you would expect he would go on and on and on about if the idea was that at some point in time in the near future, they're going to be trading Rob Williams. So I thought it was interesting and worth passing along that at least in terms of that notion that these guys are going to be short timers here in Portland, as of right now, everyone is saying the opposite. So again, grain of salt, things change. We all know that the landscape can shift. A player can become available. Something can become available you didn't necessarily expect. And then that changes your plan. 
But all indications are is that Malcolm Brogdon and Rob Williams III, they're going to be on this team going forward. A few other topics of note. Speaking of the Drew Holiday trade, Drew Holiday came out during his press conference with high praise for Joe Cronin saying, Portland blessed me. Joe Cronin did a great job of communicating with me on how I wanted to proceed. Working with him was very easy, very seamless, and made all of this possible. So I thought that was worth passing along, considering a lot of the things that were said about Joe during the process of the trade in the run-up to the trade, particularly from some of the other markets, particularly those in Miami, thought it was worth pointing out that a veteran player noted how much he appreciated the way that Joe Cronin treated with him. There's a lot of sniping about how uh, players are going to notice how they're being treated in Portland, being mistreated, and this and that, and that's going to change the way that people view the organization. They're not going to be able to get free agents, which, you know, whatever. So I thought it was worth passing along that Joe Cronin getting praise from those outside of Portland about the way that they were treated in that trade process. Obviously, there's a lot of opinions. You're not always going to be able to keep everyone happy, at least to the level that they would want. But I think Joe Cronin, but I think Joe Cronin getting those kudos from a guy like Drew Holiday, a well-respected player throughout the league, just tells you how dumb and self-serving most of those comments were in the first place. Moving on, some WNBA to Portland rumors swirling around recently. Recent announcement there was going to be a team in San Francisco. Sounds like there's also the idea that they're going to add another team. Can't confirm any of those reports. What I can say is when we had Dwayne Hankins, Trailblazers President of Business Operations, on the briefcase a few weeks ago, he seemed fairly optimistic that it might happen. It's a different ownership group. That's a thing worth pointing out. It's not Jody and the Allen Family Trust. It's a different ownership group. So it would be under a different auspice, but in the same building. Again, no confirmation here. I don't know that it's happening for sure, but there is that rumor out there. There's obviously a lot of reason to believe that it could be Portland, a lot of support for the Trailblazers, a lot of support for sports, particularly a lot of sports for women's sports would make a whole lot of sense. We'll have to wait for the official announcement, but it sounds like there is reason for optimism. We'll find out soon enough. Also wanted to remind everyone that the 2023 Fans Fest presented by Daimler is this Sunday at Moda Center. Doors open at 1 p.m. Scrimmage starts around 2 p.m. First come, first serve. Tickets are free, trailblazers.com slash fanfest. Bring the whole family, good, wholesome family fun, a chance to see this new look Trailblazer team for the first time. And really, even if you went to Summer League, the team that you're going to see at FansFest is much different than the team that played at Summer League, even in terms of the young players. So definitely reason to come out on Sunday, 1 o'clock. If you come to FansFest, you're going to get a look at this team at the same time that everyone else does. Media doesn't really get to watch much training camp practice. So the things you're going to see when they're going through their practice, going through their scrimmage, are things that very few people have seen outside of the organization, which makes it pretty cool. FanFest is always a great event, but this year, maybe more than other years, definitely cause to come out, check it out, Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., first come, first serve, tickets are free, bring the entire family, we'll see you there. All right, well, now let's go ahead and hear from Rob Williams III, one of the newest members of the Trailblazers, about the trade bringing him to Portland, his background, where he's from, when basketball became a part of his life, when he realized that professional basketball could be a career for him, his thoughts on a center tandem and what generally tends to work between two big men, how he's feeling physically after having much of his season truncated by injuries last year, and his detailed thoughts on headbands, why he wears the kind of headband he does, and how headbands have changed throughout the years. Have really enjoyed talking to Rob over the last couple of days. He's absolutely going to be a fan favorite. People are going to love this guy, both his game and his personality. I've been a fan of his for a while. Was really excited about the acquisition. I think you guys are going to be too. Let's go ahead and hear what Rob had to say after the third day of training camp practice in Santa Barbara. 
Here with Rob Williams, the third. Now, do you prefer the third, three? Like, what is your preferred nomenclature for when people address you? The third, the third for sure, yeah. I like the third. <laughs> so, so Rob Williams, the third. Rob Williams, the third, yeah. That's cool. So we are here with Rob Williams, the third. Rob, welcome to the team, first off. And, and secondly, your, your initial thoughts on joining the Trailblazers? Yeah, you know, um, knowing who the head coach was, you know what I'm saying, and even having another opportunity in the NBA, uh, I got to complain about that, you know. I always bliss uh, knowing we got a great group of young guys. Uh, DA came over, Malcolm is there, JG is here. You know, and um, when we came in to build something, trying to build something strong, you know what I'm saying? So felt good to get another opportunity. I imagine it's maybe a little helpful to have a number of new guys on the team as well because you guys are all kind of in the same place right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'll go up to some of the guys, you know, I ask them, I'll be like, hey, how we do this or what did y'all do here last year? And I didn't even know some of them, you know what I'm saying? They just got here too. So it's a sense of comfort and also help, you know, help uh, build a team bonding because we both got to, you know, we all got to lean on each other. So, so uh, describe yourself a little bit as a person. Who is Rob Williams III? Where'd you come from? What's your background? Yeah, I'm from Louisiana, man, a small-ass town in Louisiana. Try to be as laid back as I can, you know, uh, try to help people as much as I can. If I got it, you got it, you know what I'm saying? That's on the court, off the court, um, in life, period. Big family guy, man. Uh, got my girl, two kids, daughter, four years old, son, about to be two in January. Uh, my dog, Bruno. Like I said, it's big on family, everybody back home. I come from a small space, so you know, I try to bring as much opportunity to that space as I can. That's awesome. When did basketball become an important part of your life? Um, since birth, you know what I'm saying? I kind of had one of those those dads who, yeah. <laughs> I had one of those dads, you know what I'm saying? Uh, from the moment I can remember, he put a basketball in my hand. You know, he let me dabble in other sports, but when it came down to it at the end of the day, you know, uh, it was basketball for me. And, um... Thankfully, he got me, you know what I'm saying, he got me where I'm at, uh, him, God, you know, the, the people surrounding me. But it was, uh, he was a pretty strict dad. Yeah. Basketball, basketball only for sure. So, yeah. How, how do you feel about that? Because I know for some guys, you, you, you're right. It's like, you pushed me, but also, I, I'm guessing sometimes it was probably hard, but you got to a place where you're like, boy, I'm I'm sure glad that, that I'm here now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times where uh, I thought about not being able to play Little League baseball, Little League football growing up, you know, uh, at all, he wouldn't let me play that at all. But like I said, look where I'm at now. So it's hard to it's hard yeah. to be mad or complain <laughs> about any of this, man. When did you realize basketball could be a profession for you? Um, if you want me to be honest, man, yeah. not until like and um, uh, when a, when a mock draft came out, you know, uh, when they started bringing out the mock drafts my freshman year, it was like oh, shit. you know what I'm saying? Like I knew I knew I was good where I was from, you know. But I, like I said, I come from a small ass place, so. Seeing other people's, you know what I'm saying, perception of me, that's when I was like, all right, you can go to the NBA now, you know what I'm saying? So it was on from there, man. I was just locked in from there, for sure. How would you describe the way that you play now? If you were going to tell someone, like, Rob Williams is this kind of player, these are the things he does well, what would you say? Um, I'd say I make energy plays, winning plays, and um, anything my team needs me to do, uh, anything the coach needs me to do, uh, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to do everything, so. As far as your as it goes with the Trailblazers and the role you might have here, have you thought at all about? I mean, you mentioned kind of just whatever they ask you to do. So I'm assuming you're not all that concerned about it. But I, I do think the players generally kind of come into a situation and wonder kind of how they might fit. So I'm curious if you've thought about that at all, and if you have, what you've come away from it with? Yeah, uh, honestly, the first couple of days I've just been acclimated, been getting acclimated with the team. You know, trying to learn the play, learn everything. 
I'm pretty sure when we get back, uh, get back to Portland, you know, uh, we'll cross the season, dot the eyes, everything. But right now, man, like I said, just focus on what I can do for the team right now, where I fit in. You know, we we'll cross that bridge, we'll get there for sure. You, you had mentioned that the the trade kind of caught you off guard because you've never been traded before, yeah, sure. and I, I don't think anyone takes it as like you do or don't want to be somewhere. It's just like it's a it's a different experience. So I was wondering if you could kind of talk about that process a little bit because I think sometimes people don't really realize kind of you're you're in a place for a while, you become comfortable, you get traded, and then it's like hey, you you got to go. So yeah, yeah, uh, you know it's a tough process, especially uh, distance wise. You know, moving from Boston to here. But like I said, man, you got to look at the uh, the good things out of everything. Like you said, it's not a it's not a sense of saltiness for either side. It's just a sense of I got to get up and do all this. You know what I'm saying? It's a sense of being shocked more than hurt. You know, so yeah. you gotta you gotta get through all that, man. But like I said, I'm thankful for another opportunity. I'm not you know I'm not out of the league. Thankful for that. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to look at the great side of things, man. It's all love on that side always. And I'm. Extremely thankful for the Portland Trailblazers for giving me the opportunity. So. Now, you say, like, I'm not out of the league. Like, I don't think you're anywhere close to that. Like, do you view it that way, though? Like, because I know the players a lot of times are like, man, I got to stay on my grind or else. Yeah, but, you know, when you get traded, uh, a lot of times, obviously this is my first time, so it hurt, but when you get traded or when something happens in life, you know, we tend to think that life is, you know, we at the worst part of our life yeah. and life is over. That's why every situation, you know, no matter how bad people say it is or suggest it is, I just tell people to try to grab three good things out of the situation, you know, and broadcast those things, and it'll bring you to life, man, for sure. How would you describe uh, where you're at physically right now? Because I know, obviously, it's been an issue at times in your career. So how are you feeling right now, and how do you kind of view that side of the game of, of staying healthy and taking care of your body? Yeah, that's what, that's the biggest part of the game, man. Uh, the best uh, ability is availability, yeah. you know, and uh, I had a I had a good summer. Uh, no setbacks this summer. Came in the training camp feeling good. Um, PTs are excellent. Icing, uh, rehab, giving me treatment. I've been feeling good, man. You've looked great out here, too. I mean, I, I think you, you've been really impressive so far. Like, And I think you bring something to this team that they haven't really had in a while. And can you notice that at all a little bit? Like, do you see people reacting to you being like, oh, hey, like, these are some things I'm used to doing. But you guys maybe aren't used to having this on your team. For sure, for sure. Just uh, for me, the most the thing uh, the most is like being vocal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Being vocal and just reaching out to everybody, talking to everybody, um, telling them, "Hey, good job." Telling them, just telling them, "Hey, what's up?" You know what I'm saying? That goes a long way. So uh, just transferring the energy throughout the whole team, man. It'll it'll make a big difference for sure. What do you think works best in a center tandem? Kind of what are some of the skills or how do you think that position can come together? Because I think people see you and DeAndre as a real potent big man rotation. I'm curious. I know you've played with some talented big men as well. How do you kind of view that that center rotation and what it does for a team if you have two guys who can really play? Yeah, uh, you just got two di- different dynamics of playing, man. You learn to make up the game plan to hit either team. You know, if you need this dynamic, this game. You need this dynamic, that game. And uh, you got to learn how to play off of each other, you know what I'm saying? And I'll be able to correct him, him be able to correct me. When I come off the court, he tell me, like, hey, Rob, when I go here, or when you rolling this way, you go this way, vice versa. I feel like we can help each other grow a lot, for sure. What makes a guy a good lob catcher? I, I know that's part of your game that a lot of people have noticed, that, that you're great finishing around the rim, you've caught quite a few lobs. Like, what, what makes a, a guy a good finisher like that? I guess hand-eye coordination, uh, along with being able to jump <laughs> a little bit. But uh, it's really hand-eye coordination, man. That's all. That's all, for sure.
what do you need to do to, to develop that chemistry like with guards in order to, to kind of have that unspoken ability to know like I'm going to go to the basket and you're going to get the ball to me? Um, I just think it's the, the first couple of times that they throw it to you, you know you got to make it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got to be able to trust with guards and vice versa. The guards got to be able to trust with their center, you know what I'm saying? So first couple of times they give me the opportunity, I got to capitalize off of it and that's what a, that's what a trust build. I had heard that when you first got here, you would ask for a bigger headband. Uh, yeah. When you start wearing headbands, why is the headband important for you? Uh, yeah, the, the some of them are kind of tight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's the only way I can hold my hair down, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to braid it up this year, but I needed the older one, you know, the cotton one. Stretch, stretch out a little bit, man. I like the old cotton one, man. It's yeah. the most stretchable, you know what I'm saying, most comfortable. Uh, the new one's kind of like tight man you know for, for a guy with a lot of hair man, I, I go with the old the old the old school hair man, man for sure i guess uh, to wrap it up here what what are you hopeful for this season you talk about kind of a role and, and having being in kind of on a ground floor or something just in general what are you looking forward to the most going into this season um you know coming in and making an impact that they they need me to make they want me to make like i said on the court and off the court um it's weird uh I'm like the third, fourth oldest guy on the team, I think. You know, that's uh, new to me, but it's a task, you know, and uh, I'm here for anything they uh, need me to do, like I said, man. So just impact, man, on the court, off the court, any type of way, talking to these guys, you know, that's how I'm it up. So there you go. Great stuff there from Rob Williams the third, as he likes to be called. Again, great guy, a lot of game. He was able to stay healthy, really going to be an incredibly important part of this team going forward. As he mentioned, he's still young, even though he's one of the oldest players on the team now. He's got experience. I think he's played in three Eastern Conference Finals and an NBA Finals, has made the playoffs every single season he's been in the NBA, has played an important role on a very good team in Boston. Just one of those guys that every team wants, provides you with what you need, is willing to come off the bench, is willing to start, has the skills to do both, has the capability to play power forward or center. It's a guy who's athletic, catches lobs, as I mentioned. It's a discussion about lob passing. I think we're going to learn more and more about what Rob does on that end of the floor. As soon as he develops that chemistry with Portland's guards, I think they're going to really see that get unlocked. It was something that Chauncey Billups had talked about. Portland hasn't really done a whole lot over the past couple seasons. Talking about getting easy buckets, that's one of those ways you get easy buckets is by just getting the ball to the rim and letting your athletes go to get it. Rob Williams, absolutely one of those guys that can do that. Great to have him in Portland. Really excited to see what he's able to do with his team, particularly with DeAndre Ayton sharing time at that center position. That's going to be tough for Blazers' opponents. Really looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me. Another couple of days here in Santa Barbara before heading back home to start preseason. Obviously, Fans Fest on Sunday. We'll be back for that. 1 o'clock. Trailblazers.com for free tickets. First come, first serve. Doors at 1. Program at 2. Come to Fan Fest. It's going to be a great time. More episodes coming soon of both The Briefcase and The Blazers Balcony with Brooke Olsendam. Did our final goodbyes to the players who have been traded on the most recent edition of the balcony. So if you haven't listened to that, consider doing so. Like and subscribe to both podcasts, particularly the briefcase. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for joining me. Go Blazers.